Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Finally, after months of waiting, we have some action. Uh, some things have been going on recently in the NFL. Uh, a lot of moves have been made over the last 48, tw- uh, 72 hours, and I'm excited to get into them today. So to give you a little rundown of how it's going to go, we've got uh, talking over some free agency moves. We're going to be going over the uh, NFL's top one, ESPN's top 100 free agent rankings, talking about some guys um, that are, are interesting additions to the list um, and, and kind of where they're all been placed. And then we're going to do a special mock draft 0.5. Uh, we're going to talk about the first 16 picks in the draft, some fits, I think, what makes sense, uh, putting them all out there. So very exciting. And uh, yeah, let's let's get it rolling. First up, the first move that we're going to talk about, um, kind of a, a little bit of a surprise, Aaron Jones re-signing with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, the, the expectation, expectation was that uh, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams moving forward, that was going to be their duo. And then almost out of nowhere it seemed like Aaron Jones was you know likely to go to another destination a team with with cap space needing some running back help maybe Miami maybe the Jaguars uh, and then a four-year 48 million dollar deal comes through obviously not all of that is is uh, guaranteed uh, and I doubt he plays through the full length of the contract but I mean it's just interesting I think there are other areas of need for this Green Bay Packers team and I think they could have filled a couple of them uh, but instead they went out and added uh, or brought back a running back um, in a group that really, you know, people are talking about as, as one of one of the best trios in football. So maybe a little unnecessary, but I mean, hey, if it, if it works, it works. But now I'm hearing rumblings that maybe now uh, Jamal Williams is on his way out the door. So I guess, you know, at the end of the day, they said we'll ride with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and uh, we can always drop Jamal Williams to, to make up the cap space. So interesting move there. Um, I mean, yeah, not... As you know, not a, a big fan of of re-signing running backs, but I think that's a modest salary amount. Um, and it was a, a position where the Packers wanted to remain very strong in. And I think by making this pick, they did so. Uh, next up, Shaq Barrett to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, bringing him back was huge. He's one of the best players on that defense, one of the leaders, um, and has really been able to put together a, a sort of career resurgence since coming to Tampa Bay. So four years, 68 million, uh, plus a couple more million in incentives based on sacks and, and the Super Bowl. Um, one of the best free agents in this class. So it was big of Jason Light, the Tampa Bay Bucks GM, to not only uh, go out and bring him back, but rework the cap a little bit, you know, signing Tom Brady to a longer extension that frees up cap space now so they can continue to be competitive and, and, and push for Super Bowl. Um, I think it's a great move. Obviously, makes sense. One of the one of the leaders on that defense, um, and, a, and a big re-sign for Jason Light and the Bucks. Next up, a little bit of a surprise, maybe not in destination, but in dollar amount. Johnu Smith to New England Patriots. Um, I love this move. I think that Johnu Smith is a guy who never really got a fair shake in Tennessee. I think he's a very talented player, but that offense simply does not use tight ends the way it should. I mean, they had uh, a great resurgence of a, of a season from Corey Davis. A.J. Brown is obviously one of the better wide receivers in football, uh, and they've got that great running game. So Johnny Smith was mostly relegated to blocking, and uh, I don't think that's the best use of his talents. Bill Belichick knows 
how to spot elite tight end play and get the most out of them. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see what they do. Obviously, they re-signed Cam Newton. So this is step one in bringing, bringing on some talent, bringing on some guys who they know can go out and, uh, and, and ball out for them. And I'm sure they are nowhere near done adding weapons for that New England Patriots offense. Cal Huszczyk re-signed with the 49ers, five years, 27 million, and 9.6 fully guaranteed. I don't hate the move. I mean, Shanahan loves using him in that offense, but you have to you have to imagine that you know signing Trent Williams may be more of a priority. Uh, and and the fact that they haven't done it yet and they went out and re-signed Huszczyk, maybe there's concern that he moves on. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Indianapolis uh, shoring up that left tackle spot after Costanzo retired. But I mean, man, this is a a interesting you know just just the order of things maybe they still do go out and sign Trent Williams but you have to imagine um with as as tight on cap as the 49ers are uh getting Trent Williams should be more of a priority but maybe they're a little bit further off in contract discussions than they think Jalen Mills the Patriots four years up to 24 million uh I mean this one isn't inherently interesting in and of itself I mean Jalen Mills is a talented player still has a lot of career left in him but the reason I added it onto this list is because I've been hearing rumors that there is a, a, a chance that maybe J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore is on the move now because the Patriots would uh, have, have added a third starting quality cornerback. And maybe they wanted to ensure that they had, you know, a, a high quality starter before they moved on to J.C., uh, moved on with J.C. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore. So be on the lookout for those guys in the next uh, couple of days, couple of weeks, see if they eventually get moved around and, and, and see what the Patriots uh, keep doing because they have been very busy. Matthew Judon, linebacker formerly on the Ravens, uh, went over to New England as well. Uh, four years, fifty-six million with thirty-two guaranteed. I mean, hey, they they've gone out and and found some very solid weapons. A lot of great guys, uh, difference makers on offense and on defense, uh, and they're you know hoping to build continually build even through the draft. So, I like the move. This is probably um, the the best move so far in terms of just getting the best player. Um, and I mean, Bill Belichick, as much as he loves his tight ends, he, he is very talented uh, at, at getting the most out of his linebackers as well. Now, my favorite move of free agency so far, we're getting to it here. Uh, I think a guy who is very underrated, a incredibly talented player uh, is John Johnson, the third former Rams safety signing with Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland just gets better and better. I mean, they're, they're going to get uh, they're going to get Grant Delpit back this season after he tore his Achilles out for the year. Um, and they add another guy in that secondary in John Johnson. So thinking about the group that they have, three out of the four guys are, are you would have to imagine, one of the better players at their positions, Denzel Ward, John Johnson, and Grant Delpit. Um, immediate impact guys in that secondary, uh, which was pretty much the Browns' biggest weakness over the last year. So being able to go out and add those guys uh, and, and pretty much revamp that secondary completely is huge. Um, I love the move. I think not enough people are talking about it now, but at the end of next season, when the Browns go 11 and five, 12 and four, they're going to say, wow, this secondary uh, led by John Johnson is, is one of the big reasons why. And then finally, one of the bigger surprises um, was, was the chiefs cutting both of their tackles, uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, it, and then they went out and probably got the best guard available uh, and Joe Thune, uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens, whether they do slot him at guard, if they try to see if he could play tackle um, or, or you know, how they, how they work this. But obviously we saw the Chiefs offensive line was a big question mark 
uh, moving, you know, going into that Super Bowl as the Bucks were just able to pretty much be in Patrick Mahomes' face from the jump. Uh, but five years, $80 million, but only $32 million fully guaranteed. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be worth a look later on if he does play out that contract. Um, so really in guaranteed money, we're looking at just about $6 million a year. Um, yeah, so those are the main storylines so far. Uh, who knows? Uh, by the time this podcast gets out, by the time you're listening to this, there may be even more moves going on. But let's look at this top 100 free agents list um, and see some of the guys that may have been interesting fits and in, in where where the these guys might end up. I'm not going to go through all 100 players because that would definitely take a while. But I just want to talk about a couple guys I like, a couple interesting pieces Guys that, you know, either are the big ticket free agents or guys that are a little bit under the radar that I think in the right situation could really thrive, could really make a difference, uh, could make make a difference on a team. Uh, and we're going to start with number 96, Chris Carson. Uh, obviously, running backs are not given a ton of love here in this in this uh, list. Kenyon Drake at 94 and James Conner at 98. But I think Chris Carson, out of all of these guys, um, you know, there were some injury concerns last year, but he he is can play at a high level when he needs to. He's a great pass catcher. Um, and I think there are a couple teams thinking about, you know, maybe the Miami Dolphins, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that could use a guy who could go for 1,000 yards and, and maybe 300, 400 uh, uh, catching passes. So he, he would be a great fit for a, a couple of those teams. Um, still can go in and be a starter, can can play three quarters of the snaps if needed. Um so he's he's definitely worth a look. I think I would absolutely take him over Kenyon Drake or James Conner by a mile. Um, I think both of those guys have had quite a bit of wear and tear. But for the most part, Chris Carson has been pretty pretty protected, I think, in Seattle, just in terms of the way they used him. And and there aren't as many miles on the tires as, as you would normally expect from a, from a guy like him. Uh, then in the 80s, we've got two tight ends I want to talk about. Uh Trey Burton, who was on the Colts last year, and Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is a very intriguing piece. I think similar to the John o. Smith situation, he was not used to his full potential in Arizona. They just, you know, in the air raid offense, tight ends are simply obsolete. But I think in the right situation, um, I mean, I'm thinking about like the Indianapolis Colts, the way they love to use their three tight end sets. Uh, he could be a great mismatch, 6'6", 220 pounds, uh, and, and a very quick athlete. I think he is certainly worth a look. Uh, just in terms of, of of what he brings to the table, uh, and if he's able to be put in a position where he can go out and catch passes, uh, we could see him certainly be one of the steals of the free agent season if he's given enough touches. Uh, then at 80, Keanu Neal, safety from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, has been dealing with a lot of injuries, but is only 26. Um, I think there's a lot to like about what his game has to offer, and the start of his career was absolutely incredible. I think just in terms of uh, you know, he's hard-hitting safety, a lot of range. Um, but, yeah, the injuries are the biggest concern. If he can come back, if he can get healthy, um, then it's it's certainly uh, he, he's going to make a difference on whatever team goes out and, and signs him. Uh, now, an, an interesting one, Kyle Long took a year off, retired, um, has been talking with a couple teams, I believe the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, he went out to visit and, and, and kind of talk about them. I think, you know, at, at only 32, he's still can play at a high level. Uh, he's a very talented player. Uh, and so it's really just going to come down to, can he stay healthy? Is he still in football shape? Is he still ready to go? Uh, and if he, and if the answer to those questions are yes, then he is certainly going to be uh, a guy that a lot of teams are going to be coveting in this offseason. 
Then at 67, an interesting one, another safety, another young safety, 25, uh, Malik Hooker, safety uh, formerly on the Indianapolis Colts. Similar thing, great start to his career, but just simply couldn't stay healthy. It, it was unfortunate to see, uh, you know, because at the beginning of his career, so much talent lost lost pretty much his entire season to a torn Achilles last year. Kari Willis and, and Justin Blackman really stepped up for the Colts and, and really is without a job. Uh, in that in that organization, but there are teams that that are, are giving him a look. We had Fred on a couple weeks ago, talked about him as a fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would have said the Cleveland Browns, uh, but after they signed John Johnson, uh, they may be all set there. But certainly worth a look. Certainly a guy who you know, if if he can stay on the field, can be a difference maker, a big time playmaker at that safety position. Number fifty six, Antonio Brown made his return to the NFL, won a Super Bowl, um, and now is is hitting the open market. I think with as many guys as the Bucks want to bring back, I don't think Antonio Brown is in the cards. But where he ends up, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's going to have to be a team that that's willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice. You know, there there is going to be uh, some some off the field questions as as normal. Um, you know, and he he went to a team that was winning a lot of games, and and he still got quite a bit of production. But what happens when things don't go right? Uh, th- that's kind of my concern, but the talent's obviously there. Even at 33, he's a guy who who could be, or who is one of the better wide receivers in this free agency class. And even past Antonio Brown, there are a lot of unique uh, wide receiver options that are still left in this free agency. Guys that are, have still gone unsigned. Uh, we're talking Curtis Samuel, guy who was kind of a jack of all trades for the Carolina Panthers last year, only 25 years old. Um, had a great season last year, 77 catches, 850 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who I think uh, thrives in that wide receiver two role. You know, when he was in Pittsburgh behind Antonio Brown, had some of his best seasons. Only 24. Got a lot of his career left out of him. I love the fit to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that that makes a lot of sense for him uh, and for them and and really helps boost that wide receiver core. Uh, they'd have to get a little creative with that cap space to make it work. But I think that that he's the kind of guy that you you push for. Uh, and then Corey Davis. Corey Davis just signed with the New York Jets uh, on a five-year deal. He had a little bit of a breakout season last year, uh, and we'll see how he is, you know, how he can establish himself as as the number one wide receiver in this New York Jets offense, uh, probably with a new quarterback or at the very least Sam Darnold. Um, but we'll have to be on the lookout. He's kind of like that main guy that's going to help that the young quarterback get to the next level. Uh, and then, yeah, moving down the list, Kenny Galladay, same same situation. He's only 27, uh, and he's a guy that I think will surprise a lot of people. He's very underrated uh, in, in terms of what he brings to a team, and, and any team that goes after him and signs him is going to get a competitor and could very well get a top 15, top 10 wide receiver uh, in this draft. And finally, the number one free agent on this list, and I fully agree, is Trent Williams, posted the best pass blocking grade of any team or of any left tackle this past season. Uh, the 49ers are the favorites to re-sign him, but teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Colts are very much involved uh, and would love to get a guy like him on that squad. So yeah, that's kind of the free agency list here. Uh, guys are, are, are getting signed left and right. Uh, so it's a very exciting time. But before we head out of here and, and, and finish up the podcast today, we're going to do a 16, first 16 picks of the mock draft, mock draft 0.5. First pick on the board, uh, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're they're going with an obvious one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. He's been decided as the number one quarterback for 
as pretty much the moment he stepped on the college field and, and started playing. He's a guy who gives you just about everything uh, in terms of traits. He's a strong thrower, great stature. Um, and you look at you look at how well Justin Herbert played in his rookie season. I think there is every possible reason that that he could be just as good as Justin Herbert, if not better, in his rookie season. That's kind of the ceiling that you're looking for and expecting from him right away. They've got a great group of skill players, guys that can contribute. Uh, and if he is able to uh, stay healthy and uh, you know recover from that shoulder uh, surgery that he had in this offseason, there's, there's no reason to, to see why he wouldn't be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then number two, this one's been a popular one. A guy we've talked a lot about on the podcast is, is, is growing uh, as a lot of people's second favorite option. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback at a BYU, had a very strong season. Looked very good just in terms of, of, of how he, he carried himself, how he was able to elevate BYU's play. And even the bad games weren't really all that bad. He had a very consistent season. Uh, and you look at it similarly to, to what Joe Burrow did, a guy who was kind of in those middle rounds, a little unknown, and then puts together a great season uh, and has kind of shot up draft boards because of it. He, he wasn't playing at LSU, wasn't playing for a national championship or anything like that, but the growth in his play is, is undeniable. Uh, and then number three, Miami Dolphins are on the board. They need to get to us some help, uh, but we're going to start on the offensive line. We're going to take Panay Sewell out of Oregon, the big tackle, widely regarded as the best tackle in this class. Um, the Dolphins have made some moves with some guys trying to add players. They, they did add Isaiah Wilson, a little late round swap uh, pick trade with the Titans to get the second year tackle, but there's still other guys that they can add, other players um, to, to bolster that offensive line. And Panay Sewell is a guy who could play at guard, um, but realistically, you want to get him on as soon as possible playing at that uh, tackle position. All right, next up, number four, it's the Atlanta Falcons. I think they're going to go with the hometown guy, Justin Fields. Uh, they have a little bit of flexibility here and ability to kind of wait and, and make sure that Justin Fields is ready to go because they do have Matt, Matt Ryan still, who's been playing very well. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple other directions we could have gone with this. They could have selected some defense, maybe a wide receiver, um, or maybe some more offensive line to, to bolster that group. But if Panesuil was still there, maybe they consider it. But I think right now uh, they're, they're kind of focusing on the future and getting ready for that rebuild. So um, Justin Fields is the play. Number five, the Bengals. Uh, I think they're going to go Rayshon Slater. I, I like the idea of pairing... Uh, Jamar Chase back again with Joe Burrow and just adding another wide receiver target. It's a great group of of T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd along with Jamar Chase, but I think offensive line is the biggest need, um, and that's been a priority for the Bengals going into this offseason. So I, I like this Rayshon Slater pick. He's got positional flexibility, can play tackle, can play guard, um, but ultimately you want to get him out on that left tackle spot uh, or that right tackle spot so where he can be uh, an anchor on that on that offensive line. Number six, the Eagles are up. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of directions they can go here, but I'm going to have them take Kyle Pitts, and let me explain why. Uh, wide receiver is a big need for them, uh, and you look at these guys that are left, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and these guys have the potential to be year in, year out, 1,000-yard receiver guys. Well, there are a handful of guys in the NFL that, that can go for 1,000 yards regularly. I mean, we're talking like 20 to 30 wide receivers. But you think about tight ends, tight ends that can consistently go for a thousand yards every season. We're talking maybe three, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle for sure. And then Darren Waller's kind of popping up in that conversation. A guy like Kyle Pitts is a guy who 
is an elite category immediately. He's an elite receiver with great size. He can He's still growing as a blocker, um, but the way that the Eagles love to use two tight end sets, uh, and it looks like Zach Ertz is on his way out, but Kyle Pitts and and Dallas Goddard is a great fit for those two tight end sets there. I mean, even Sirianni is coming over from Indianapolis. They love three tight end sets uh, at times. So this is going to be a great opportunity for them to get an elite player, a guy who will be one of the best players at his position from day one, which is, not, is something that you cannot say often when it comes to uh, getting into the draft. So I think this is a great pick for the Eagles, and it makes a lot of sense that they go in this direction. Number seven is the Lions. Uh, I mean quarterback is enticing right this is the kind of guy that you know you 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 still have jared goff as, as sort of your bridge quarterback and and can kind of let him play out the contract as much as i want to go trey lance i know that wide receiver is a big hole for this lions team uh and you still have the best wide receiver available in jamar chase which is which is where they're gonna go um you know kenny galladay is moving on marvin jones is unlikely to resign so getting jamar chase and kind of starting with that Next next uh, dynasty of, of elite wide receiver play is very, very important for these Detroit Lions. Uh, and then number eight is the Carolina Panthers, and they're going to go uh, with basically what I've been dubbing the best fit in this entire draft, uh, drafting Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance goes to that situation. He can sit a year behind Teddy Bridgewater. There's not pressure to win right away. He can learn with Joe Brady, who was paramount in revitalizing Joe Burrow's career. Matt Rule is a great young coach in the NFL, knows how to get the most out of his players. Uh, so, you know, there's a chance Trey Lance plays towards the end of the season, but this Carolina Panthers team is a very talented group, uh, but they don't have the pressure to to win now. You know, like they, they're understanding that they have to kind of wait out behind the Bucks and behind the Saints. And, and as those guys get older, the Panthers are kind of next up. So making sure that everything is ready to go in the next three years uh, is going to be key in making in establishing the Panthers as a true threat in the NFC South. And, and getting a guy like Trey Lance does just that. Pick nine and ten. Uh going to be, you know, flip-flop talked about a little bit here, but I like Caleb Farley a little bit better, cornerback at a Virginia Tech for the Broncos, uh, and then Sertan at 10 to the Cowboys. Uh, I think both of these guys are, are looking for help in that secondary. Um, the Cowboys, you know, struggled on defense a lot. Their secondary was one of the bigger reasons why, and the Broncos just let A.J. Bouye go. They're looking for, you know, a, a guy who can come in and play right away. Caleb Farley's got all the traits to be very, very special. He's still unpolished at the position, um, but you know he's got true home run speed uh, and can close gaps even against some of the best receivers in college. Uh, and and you know you look at Sertan and what he's got. This guy was born to play the cornerback position. Uh, he's very smart. Uh, he's going to be an impact starter right away. His ceiling, you know, may be capped at a certain point just because of of physical gifts, but the mind is there. Uh, and especially in a situation where he can play zone, they're, they're, he's going to be one of the smarter young corners in the NFL. Number 11, the New York Giants are up. This is Daniel Jones' make or break year. This is a situation where they, they really need to figure out what they have with him or they're going to move on. So I think they give him every weapon possible, every weapon available to get the job done. Uh, and who better than the Heisman wide receiver out of Alabama, Devontae Smith? Uh, he's got true... Number one wide receiver potential, just the way he runs routes. His hands are incredible. Um, his ability to to uh, go to work every single day and, and make it easy for his quarterback. He made it very easy for Mac Jones this past season. And, and that's the kind of thing that these Giants are looking for with Daniel Jones. Slow the game down, make it simple, uh, and, and getting a guy like Devonta Jones helps in a big way with that. Number 12, the San Francisco 49ers. There's a lot of directions they can go here just in terms of, of, of what they need and and what they're hoping to to get here. I mean, there's a couple of guys I'm looking at here. Obviously, 
you know, they 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 would love a a, a weapon like Jalen Waddle, but I think they're loaded out on wide receiver. Um, I'm gonna say, you know what? You know, Trent Williams is getting a little older. Even if they do re-sign him, they're going to need to to work in his replacement eventually. So we're going to go Christian Darisaw, offensive tackle to Virginia Tech, to kind of shore up that offensive line. And then next up is the Chargers, who just signed Corey Lindsley. So they've been active in this free agency. But their number one priority in this offseason is to to make sure that Justin Herbert is is ready to go and that he has um, a great offensive line to protect him. That's why we're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC. Great positional flexibility right up there with Rashawn Slater in, in, in terms of the way I view him, the way he plays the game. Played left tackle uh, last season at times, so he's more than capable of doing so. And you look at what the Chargers are doing, you know, making a commitment to building up that offensive line. I think this is a perfect fit uh, for him, Elijah Vera Tucker, one of my favorite guys in this class, and I think he he is is, is going to make a big difference for this this Chargers team from day one. Uh, and at fourteen, the Vikings have lost a lot of pass rush um, guys over the last few years. You know what was one of the better pass rushes in the NFL has kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, and so looking at all this, I think as much as I want to go. Uh, defensive line I think Micah Parsons is just too enticing here and I know the Patriots are going to be punched in the air knowing they missed out on an opportunity to draft him but uh, Micah Parsons is a top five talent in this draft um, and we've seen how valuable linebackers can be whether it's Darius Leonard coming in and making a difference right away Devin White uh, so there are high impact linebackers that can 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 win you games and, and turn your defense around uh, just by the way that they're built uh, and Micah Parsons is is that guy he's built from that same cloth uh, and somehow we get to pick 15, the Patriots who have been busy in free agency, bringing on wide receivers, still go out and get another because Jalen Waddell is still available. So they're going to make him uh, the number 15th player drafted in this class. Uh, you know, Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, now Jalen Waddell. So this Patriots offense in terms of weapons has just received a complete facelift. Uh, and and wow, I mean, this is a great group now. And you look at Jalen Waddle hitting over the top with that home run speed. Um, I mean, this is a fast group. That's really the main thing. All these guys are home run guys, and you've got John U. Smith working the intermediate routes. That's a fun group. Finally, pick 16, uh, we have the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of directions they can go here. I think Samuel Cosme would be a great offensive tackle pick. If they want to go edge rusher and, and kind of fill the gaps there, I think Gregory Rousseau would be a great fit. Jalen Phillips. If possible, I've heard J.C. Horn mocked to the Cardinals in a lot of, of different selections. And um, I mean, I don't love the pick, but I know how important it is for these Cardinals to get JC, or to get cornerback help. So I'm going to take J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina. Um, he is a guy who who has an elite uh, ability to, to turn it on. And he can be one of the best corners in football uh, at times. Like in, in five-place spurts, he looks like one of the best cornerbacks in football. But there are a lot of times where he's not. And I don't know how it's going to translate into the NFL if, if he's just been relying on athleticism too much. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Cardinals need cornerback help and there's no better corner in this draft left than J.C. Horn. Um, so you kind of just hope that he can grow and learn. And, and I think Vance Joseph, we, look, we see what they did with Isaiah Simmons. Vance Joseph is not the type of person to rush a rookie into play if he doesn't feel that he's ready. So I think it's the same situation here. I think they're going to give J.C. Horn his time, uh, maybe spot start him in an in occasion, you know, play 50, 60% of the snaps and really get him accustomed to that NFL level before they let him loose and, and play every day. Uh, all right, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, a lot of free agency news is, has been dropping here, um, and I'm sure more will follow in the next few days. But 
Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be over the next few weeks diving even deeper into this draft content, get some more guests on here to talk about some of these marquee guys going into uh, the 2021 NFL draft and free agency. Until then, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week.